Welcome to Above Avalon. This is episode 159, EarPods as a Platform. Hi, I'm Neil. This episode marks a pretty major milestone. The Above Avalon podcast is officially five years old. The first episode was released in November 2014. I wanted to take this opportunity to thank all of you for listening to the Above Avalon podcast. I know some of you have been there from the beginning. You've listened to all 158 episodes. Some of you were even reading what I published prior to the Above Avalon podcast, which really means a lot. It's hard to believe that this is the start of season six. In podcast land, it's pretty rare to have a podcast be continuous for five years. And in going through how that happened, (laughs) how are we here after five years? I think the answer is pretty straightforward. It's because of you. This podcast is a discussion that I have with all of you about Apple. Some episodes, we revisit certain topics. This episode's going to be about AirPods. That's something that we've been talking about in this podcast for a number of years, but I think we're at a point where we really need to revisit the topic and the product and see what Apple is doing here. Other episodes are about new items, brand new topics, and that's what's so exciting about covering Apple. This is a company that's evolving. It's a company that's so large, they're in so many different industries, it really is difficult to actually cover everything that I want to. In my mind, that's a great thing. That's a great problem to have. And I think it bodes well for the next five years of the Above Avalon podcast. So I'm very excited to officially start season six. And I think a great way of doing that is by talking about what I think represents a piece of Apple's future, and that is wearables, and in particular, AirPods. Now, we've been talking about AirPods in this podcast episode for years. It started back in September 2016 with episode 76, which was just titled AirPods. I'll include a link to that in the show notes. And over the next three years, what we did was I think there was about three to four episodes in which we would periodically revisit what is taking place with Apple's AirPods, like how are sales doing, what is the strategy. We're at a very interesting point in this product categories trajectory. And I think that this episode is going to be a a pretty pivotal moment in talking about wireless AirPods. And because I think we are at a point where this is a product that's turning from just being an accessory into a platform. And one of the reasons why I think now is the time to talk about this in November 2019, this is also why I published a weekly article on this topic titled AirPods Are Becoming a Platform over at AboveAvalon.com. It ultimately comes back to AirPods Pro. I like to say if AirPods were magical, AirPods Pro are supernatural. This is a product that is very intriguing. It really did serve as the catalyst for putting together this week's article. and really all the things that have been kind of swirling in my head, I I wanted to put it all in one place. And I am pleased of how the article turned out. Apple's newest pair of AirPods are making waves. People are talking about this product. And what's interesting is this phrase, augmented hearing, is becoming a thing. People are hearing about this for the very first time. And what's just as impressive is we see Apple's AirPods strategy evolving. Apple is removing all available oxygen from the wireless headphone market. 
you look at competitors and they find themselves at a really bad position. They're in a severe disadvantage. There are a number of reasons why I am so intrigued by wireless earpods. The first, and this is probably the most obvious, is they're a wearables device. I think wearables represent the next paradigm in computing. These are devices that are allowing technology to be made more personal in, in ways that we just don't see with smartphones and tablets. You're just not able to do it like wearables are. You see Apple really learning an incredible amount in terms of how to make computers for the body, how to make small computers and make computers that people want to wear. It sounds easy. It sounds okay, but it's pretty straightforward. But it's so difficult. The other item here is how Apple approaches AirPods. One of the more fascinating aspects found with this most recent launch of AirPods Pro was how the product was unveiled. Apple didn't give AirPods Pro stage time at their big product event at Steve Jobs Theater. Instead, they gave them a press release. <laughs> and so when you contemplate potential sales found with AirPods Pro, I think, and, and again, we'll, we'll have to see if this really plays out, but I, I'm, I'm thinking AirPods Pro may end up being the best-selling Apple product that has ever been unveiled with just a press release. That's pretty remarkable. Now, this subdued unveiling that was given to AirPods Pro is consistent with Apple's prior approach to AirPods. Look at how the Apple Watch received the red carpet treatment back in 2014 and even early 2015, how Apple sort of did two unveilings for that product. So look at the red carpet treatment with that product. Now compare it to AirPods. They were unveiled to the world over the course of just five minutes at Apple's iPhone and Apple Watch event back in 2016. This is at Bill Graham Civic Auditorium in San Francisco. Apple was really nonchalant about the product. They basically said they positioned AirPods as an iPhone 7 and 7 Plus feature. It was positioned as an additional option that consumers had for handling the transition away from dedicated headphone jacks. You remember those things? <laughs> and it, it was so remarkable when you, when you go back to that era how there was so much uproar around he dedicated headphone jacks. And it seemed like AirPods, they were kind of almost forgotten. Everyone was focused on the headphone jack. And I'm sitting there and I'm saying, wait a second here. That's a very big deal. And Apple just basically said, oh yeah, well, here's some new wireless headphones that we're going to launch. Three years later, and Apple sold 60 million pairs of AirPods. Now, at this point, I want to go quickly over AirPods Pro. I've been using this product since it launched a couple weeks ago. It's easy to gloss over many of the selling points found with AirPods Pro because we're familiar with AirPods. Items such as the seamless pairing, the carrying case that doubles as a charging station, those play crucial roles in giving AirPods Pro such a high quality and enjoyable user experience. However, the features that have gained the most attention, and rightly so, are active noise cancellation and transparency mode. For many people, AirPods Pro will be their first pair of active noise cancellation headphones, and maybe we could say most people. 
And in my view, those people are in for a treat as transparency mode addresses the largest negative found with active noise cancellation headphones. And that is that the user is seemingly removed from his or her surroundings. Now, all you have to do is press and hold one AirPod stem, and that switches between active noise cancellation and transparency mode. When it comes to consumer gadgets, consumer products, every once in a while there will be something, a feature, maybe the product itself, that makes you go, wow. It causes you to just step back and be amazed. I really think switching between active noise cancellation and transparency mode, it's a wow moment. For me, it just caused my mind to run. And it's, it, I just think of all the implications associated with it, where Apple can bring this. There's a lot there. And that's one reason why AirPods Pro was really the catalyst for this week's article and for this podcast episode, because it is that powerful. Before we go any further, I think it's important to revisit how AirPods are selling. As a reminder, any mention of estimates, sales, revenue, average selling price, all those estimates are from me. I have a number of financial models that track Apple's wearables business in terms of unit sales, revenue. Everything is ultimately based on the commentary and clues that Apple management provides. It's kind of like a jigsaw puzzle. And so you have to go back all the way to 2015, quarter by quarter, take everything that you get, maybe other interviews that Tim Cook or Jeff Williams or Luca have said in the past about Apple Watch, AirPods. You need to do it all. And that's the tricky part. The only way you can derive accurate numbers, accurate estimates for AirPods is if you also derive estimates for Apple Watch and Beats and Apple's home products. You have to do all those other pieces because you have to know how they all fit together, how all the pieces fit together. You can't just do AirPods. And one thing I've noticed over the past couple quarters is there really is a divide between those who have robust models that are tracking this and those who... They're just trying to get by by maybe reading some transcripts, looking at what industry analysts are saying. In my opinion, that method is not great, and you're not going to end up in a good spot. Instead, you really have to do everything on your own. You have to go through all the numbers. You have to go back quarter by quarter to 2015. Now, I'll talk a little bit more about all of that at the end of the episode for those of you who are interested in my actual numbers, kind of like the, the, the math behind everything, the methodology, I have it all broken out. It's available to Above Avalon members. But for now, we're just going to kind of focus on the big picture, just focus on the numbers, and then we'll continue our discussion. In fiscal year 2019, my estimate is that Apple sold 35 million pairs of AirPods at an average selling price of about $160. In order to look at things on a revenue basis, all you're doing is you're taking that unit sales number, 35 million, and you're multiplying it by the average selling price estimate, 160. In my case, it's 162 to be exact. So that gives revenue of around $6 billion per year. So that's another way of saying that the AirPods business is on a $6 billion per year run rate. And the thing that's remarkable about that figure is it's doubling. It's doubling year over year. This is why... 
it is completely okay to say that this product is a cultural phenomenon. There's no other product in Apple's lineup that is growing like AirPods in terms of unit sales. One way to put those sales numbers into context is to compare AirPods to other Apple products at the same point in time after launch. So over at AboveAvalon.com in this week's article, I have an exhibit that tracks unit sales out of the gate between iPad, AirPods, iPhone, Apple Watch, and iPod. I looked at the numbers in terms of cumulative totals. So that just simply means that you add each quarter together. And so with AirPods, we are at 12 quarters of sales. So that just simply means I take sales for each quarter and I total them. And I do the same thing for iPad, for iPhone, for Apple Watch. I go back, okay, what were Apple Watch sales over the first 12 quarters? When you do that, it really is remarkable what ends up happening. After three years of sales, Apple has sold 61 million pairs of AirPods. Again, that's on a cumulative basis. The thing is, when you look at iPhone, during the first three years of sales, Apple sold 60 million iPhones. It's almost the exact number. Now, when you graph that, it, it really is almost the same trajectory. I had a couple people reach out to me saying, well, I can't see AirPods in this exhibit because all I see is iPhone. And my response is AirPods and iPhone are on the same trajectory. That's why you can't see them. Now, I could have switched things around. I could have shown AirPods, but then you wouldn't have seen iPhone. The takeaway from all of this is that wearable sales are very impressive. And I don't think you really get the full picture if you're just looking at a snapshot, if you're just looking at quarterly sales. Speaking of quarterly sales, Apple likely crossed an important AirPods sales milestone last quarter. For the first time, Apple sold more than 10 million pairs of AirPods during a three-month stretch. Again, that is my estimate, and it checks out with Apple management's commentary and clues from the last earnings call. It's likely that AirPods sales will exceed 10 million per quarter for the foreseeable future. When it comes to thinking about AirPods unit sales going forward, I still think too many people are stuck in a mobile mindset. Instead of people buying and using just one pair of AirPods, we may see a new kind of usage pattern, which a growing percentage of AirPods owners will use more than one pair of AirPods. So that will have the effect of boosting AirPods unit sales. Why would someone do that? Why would you own multiple pairs of AirPods? Well, one factor is convenience. You can have multiple AirPods for dedicated use cases. So that means that you can have an AirPods that will be kept in the gym bag so you don't forget it. You could have one left in your luggage. You could have put one on your desk near your nightstand. Now, it's not that you're going out and buying three or four AirPods. I don't think that's realistic. Instead, the dynamic here is that instead of selling your older pair or handing that pair down to a family member, you keep it yourself. On Apple's fourth quarter 19 earnings conference call, Tim Cook was asked about the potential upgrade trajectory for AirPods. And his answer is basically, what's well, too early. It's, you need a product to be out for a number of years to really start to see some sort of upgrade patterns. But he said something really interesting. He commented that he thought current AirPods owners would be in the market for these new AirPods Pro. And the reason? 
will, quote, to have a pair for the times that they need noise cancellation, end quote. That's intriguing, because what he's essentially outlining is that someone can own multiple pairs of AirPods based on functionality. There may not be a need for active noise cancellation at all times. Maybe you want to catch up on an audiobook in bed. Maybe you want to take a phone call real quick from your desk. There could be situations where maybe a regular pair of wireless AirPods is good enough and you don't need AirPods Pro. I will admit that this is uncharted territory. We don't really know how this is going to trend in the next couple years. I had a number of people reach out saying, I don't really understand this idea. I bought a pair of AirPods Pro, and I haven't even touched my older pair of AirPods. And that may be true for a majority of people. I don't think everyone is going to follow this dynamic that we're talking about. But even if you have, say, 20, 25% of AirPods users own and use more than one pair, that's a big number. Over at Twitter a couple weeks ago, I did this unscientific poll where I just asked people, how many pairs of AirPods do you use? And based on the responses that I got, 30% said they use more than one pair. And of the people who purchased the second pair of AirPods, so that's the one with the wireless charging case, 41% of those people claim to still be using their older pair of wireless AirPods. Now, maybe AirPods Pro will change those percentages. And again, this is just looking at a certain group of people who chose to respond to the question. So I don't want to make too much out of it. But I tend to think that this idea of people using more than one pair of AirPods, I think there's something there. I think that is a thing. Something to keep in mind for sure when contemplating future AirPods unisales trajectories. Now we turn to really the heart of this discussion, and that is AirPods becoming a platform. The current app paradigm primarily consists of downloading an app to our smartphone, tablet, smartwatch, smart TV, laptop desktop. We then interact with that app that basically boils down to pulling information and context at a time of our choosing. Now, some people may choose to have app notifications, and in that case, you're getting something pushed to you. But in my opinion, app notifications are not very smart. And there's a reason why a growing number of people are saying no to these types of notifications. They mostly represent useless distractions more than anything else. I I don't think they're done well. The Apple Watch was the first device to genuinely begin questioning the current app paradigm. And we actually talked about this in detail back in episode 118. I'll include a link to that episode in the show notes. Without going into too much detail in this episode, essentially the Siri watch face on Apple Watch is all about providing the wearer glanceable amounts of information, data, and context in the form of cards that are chosen by a digital assistant. These cards are personalized to the wearer. So that means that based on the time of day and schedule, you will get different cards delivered to your wrist. In essence, we are moving away 
from pulling data from various apps to receiving a curated feed of data that is dynamic. So that means it's always changing and it's tailored to our needs. Apple is turning AirPods into the second platform built for what comes after the App Store. So instead of being pushed snippets of information and data via a digital voice assistant, I think that's great for a mobile screen that's worn on your wrists, say with Apple Watch. With AirPods, it's going to be something different. And I don't think we're heading in the direction of the movie Her, where you're using voice for everything. I still think voice is incredibly inefficient as a means of transferring data and information. Instead, AirPods will be all about augmenting our environment by pushing intelligence out. AirPods Pro wearers are able to experience the early days of this dynamic with transparency mode. So switching between transparency mode and active noise cancellation is equivalent to augmenting our environment. We are receiving two different experiences despite being in the same location. That dynamic could be extended so that a simple tap of an AirPod or a quick voice command can take us to a different location via sound. At this point, a few quick examples probably will go a long way. The first and probably most straightforward is positioning HomePods as sound receivers. And so all that simply means is if I have a HomePod in the kitchen and a HomePod in the family room, well, if I'm sitting in the family room, I can say, what's going on in the kitchen? Take me to the kitchen. And I will essentially hear what is being picked up by the HomePod in that kitchen. That's another way of saying I am moving from one room to another. Another example would be if I want to have a quick conversation with someone in a different room. And if there's a HomePod in that room, I can use my AirPods to, again, quote, move to that room. Another example that starts to become a little bit freaky is recreating something like eating dinner with the family at the table. And say you're on a business trip. Say you're somewhere that you just can't be there at the moment. Well, today, yeah, you could do FaceTime, you could call, you you could do things like that. But what if there's a scenario where it would almost feel like you're sitting in your spot, your usual spot, and you have voices, familiar voices coming from your right, your left, in front of you? I think that's interesting. It's weird. (laughs) There's no question about it. But it's interesting. And then, again, throw HomePods into that, in which you can almost gather the scene that exists around this table. And then, of course, we have to talk about app developers. The title of this podcast is AirPods as a Platform. And I think that you would need app developers to be part of this. And I see a scenario where that takes place. It's not available today, obviously, and that's why I'm not going around saying, well, AirPods are a platform. They already are. I think they're becoming a platform. In the future, app developers would be able to build experiences that further augment people's hearing. The implication here is that we're redefining what an app means. In this new era, an app would amount to a tool capable of adding context to our hearing. Think about fitness. EarPods as a platform can rethink how we approach fitness and exercise. 
In the past, I did triathlons. That's swimming, cycling, and running. And when you're working on your running, you can do two things. You can focus on endurance. So you can focus on running 20, 30 miles per week. But you also probably want to do some speed work. So maybe you want to get out to the track every once in a while. Try some interval training. Imagine that there is an app for AirPods that will play back your music and then adjust the volume based on your heart rate. And that heart rate would be obtained by an Apple Watch that's on your wrist. Or maybe in the future, there will be a version of AirPods that have health monitoring built right in. By connecting what you hear with your heart rate, you can, in essence, be removed from your environment at certain times. So let's say you're close to reaching your maximum heart rate, 160, 170. You're doing a track workout. Just as you're near that point, maybe the volume changes from your AirPods. And maybe you no longer hear what's going on around you. You hear more about something internal, the music you're playing. I tend to think that has an impact on how you may perform. And then let's say you want to cool down. You want your heart rate to come back. You want to kind of take a rest. Well, your AirPods volume could change again. And it's almost like you're not really listening to music. It could be that you hear your surroundings. It's like you have no headphones on at all. Or maybe you can do vice versa. Maybe you find that when the music goes down, you are put into a different place. Maybe you want to hear your surroundings more. You could see how tying fitness with what you listen to or what you hear, there could be something interesting there. And for an app developer, I tend to think that would be some place where you want to investigate. Maybe there's research into this that you can tie into your app. You can see we're not talking about having Siri in your ear saying, okay, go, your heart rate's this, it needs to go to this. It's not that you're talking to a computer in your ear. Instead, your environment changes based on what you're able to listen to or what you're able to hear. Another example would be utilizing AirPods to deliver different sound experiences to different people, despite being in the same location and looking at the same thing. Imagine you are in front of a presentation, you're in a school or office setting. Well, you can have a dozen different experiences delivered to each person in that room, each person in attendance. And so you're looking at a presentation and you're getting a completely different take than someone who's sitting next to you. Getting a little bit weird, I will be honest. But the idea is, even though everyone's sitting around that same table, everyone's in that same room, it's almost as if you're not. It's as if you're getting a different experience, almost like you're being in a different location. When it comes to this platform, I think AirPods will derive its power from three sources. The first is technology advantage, the second is design focus, and the third is having massive adoption. Apple is pulling away from the competition when it comes to building mini computers worn on the body. Think about AirPods. They are computers for the ears. 
So years of learning how to manufacture iPhones and iPads is now helping Apple build wearable devices. I went back and I crunched all the numbers. In total, there have been 2.1 billion iPhones and iPads manufactured. It's a huge number. And in my mind, there's a lot of learning that occurred (laughs) over that 2.1 billion devices. Look at what Apple's doing now. They're building nearly 70 million wearable devices per year. 70 million. Apple will take lessons learned from that 70 million to eventually produce hundreds of millions of wearable devices per year. All of this technology and manufacturing expertise goes to waste if people don't actually want to be seen wearing the devices. So for example, you could be really good at making mobile devices like iPhones and iPads, and you could be really good at making small computers, but people need to wear them. That is probably the most important part of this entire discussion. That is how you can get a platform off the ground. Well, Apple's success at redefining luxury, combined with the company's design-led culture, gives Apple a large advantage in the area of understanding what people will want to wear on the body. And I think when you look at competitors shipping devices that are trying to compete with Apple Watch or AirPods, they're falling flat. Add it all up and we end with adoption. This is the final source of platform power. In a nutshell, you have all the power if you're able to get a lot of people wearing your computers on their bodies. There are currently 45 million people wearing AirPods. At the current rate, more than 100 million people will be wearing AirPods at some point in 2021. As to how Apple gets to that point, how do they see improving adoption? Well, there's a couple factors, but one of the more important ones is that Apple is removing all available oxygen from the wireless headphone market. The company is utilizing a masterful combination of price and features to establish multiple beachheads in the market. Take a look at AirPods Pro. That device does not replace AirPods in the product line. Apple is instead embracing a strategy of expanding the product line according to functionality. AirPods Pro represent the expansion of the AirPods line into a higher-end segment that places value with things such as active noise cancellation. The end result is that Apple now has three different AirPods models, each targeting a different price segment of the wireless headphone market. I think it's reasonable to expect Apple to continue pushing this strategy in the coming years. We may see a pair of AirPods go for as low as $99 and as high as something like $500. We see similar product strategies with the iPad and the Mac. With those two product categories, Apple sells a range of flagship products with varying degrees of functionality and, of course, price. There are some unique attributes seen with Apple's campaign to remove oxygen from the wireless headphone market. Unlike what they did with the iPhone or iPad, Apple didn't launch AirPods at one price and then begin to lower pricing once all the profit had been sucked from that initial market segment. Apple has been doing the opposite. They unveiled AirPods at a very aggressive 159. That sent shockwaves across the industry as the competition was priced closer to 300. Three years later, competitors are still struggling to match AirPods' 159 entry-level price, and now you see Apple begin to move 
upmarket. It's a pretty intelligent strategy, and for a competitor, it's incredibly difficult to compete with. We conclude with a little bit of perspective. Back in September 2016, shortly after Apple unveiled AirPods for the first time, I published my initial thoughts on the product. And this was the opening paragraph from that article. Quote, AirPods will turn out to be one of the more strategically important hardware products Apple has released this decade. However, you would never know it judging from the way Apple unveiled the device last week. I suspect that was intentional. While the press remains focused on the short-term debate surrounding the iPhone's lack of a 3.5mm headphone jack, few have realized that Apple just unveiled its second wearables platform. End quote. Three years later, and that paragraph still rings true. AirPods have turned into a cultural icon, while dedicated headphone jacks and smartphones have become relics. All the while, Apple's wearables train continues to gain momentum. Apple is grabbing real estate on our wrist and in our ears by bringing a new level of personal computing to the masses. That's going to do it for today's episode. If you enjoy the analysis and perspective found in these podcast episodes and in the weekly articles over at AboveAvalon.com, and you want more of it throughout the week, I think you would be interested in becoming an Above Avalon member. The cornerstone of Above Avalon membership is access to my exclusive daily updates about Apple. These updates are emails. They're sent Monday through Thursday, and each one is about 2,000 words. I cover everything from Apple business and strategy analysis, my perspective and observations on current news and Apple competitors, my financial estimates for Apple, and full coverage of Apple earnings, product events, and keynotes. If it is of interest to Apple, it is something I pay attention to. One of the primary reasons that these daily updates have been able to stand out in the marketplace is that I approach all of those topics that are discussed from Apple's perspective. So I begin with Apple, and then I look out at different industries. A lot of people do it the other way. They'll cover an industry, and then they may talk about Apple from time to time. In my view, I think that tends to lead to error. And I think that tends to lead to inaccurate analysis. Because you're comparing Apple too much to other companies. And you're not allowing Apple's unique attributes to speak for themselves. You're not taking into account how Apple tries to set itself apart from everyone else. I think those items are crucial to keep in mind when it comes to analyzing how Apple competitors are doing. How are the industries that Apple competes in changing? All of those topics are discussed in these daily updates. So to have these daily updates delivered directly in your inbox, all you have to do is become a member. Head on over to AboveAvalon.com and then go to the membership page. There are two membership options available. It's either $20 per month or $200 per year. Once a member, you then have other privileges and benefits that become available, such as access to my reports. These are deeper examinations into Apple's business and financial strategy. My earnings model. So members have full access to my working Apple earnings model. That is an Excel file that also works in numbers. The model is fully functional and adjustable. 
And as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, if you're interested in how I derive my AirPods estimates, I do have a couple daily updates dedicated to the topic. And all of my forward estimates are found in my earnings model. I break out AirPod sales. I also break out Apple Watch sales. So it's all right there. I'll include links to all of that in the show notes. That makes it pretty easy to just go right there if you are interested. Both my reports and earnings model are available to members at no additional cost. Members also have access to the archive and member forum. In the archive, you can read more than 850 daily updates that have been previously sent to members. The above Avalon member archive is unmatched in the marketplace in terms of the sheer amount of Apple analysis found in one location. And as for the member forum, that's a great place to join other above Avalon members in an active forum containing discussion and debate. The full list of member privileges and benefits, in addition to answers to some frequently asked questions, are available on the membership page over at AboveAvalon.com. I am proud to say that Above Avalon is fully sustained by memberships. So if you're currently an Above Avalon member, thank you for your support. And if you are planning on becoming an Above Avalon member, thank you in advance. With that, I will conclude today's episode. For those of you celebrating Thanksgiving, have a good Thanksgiving, safe travels, and here is to a great season six of the Above Avalon podcast. I'm looking forward to it. I will talk to you all later. Bye.